Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday. Good morning, and uh, wow, what a day it already has been <laughs> for us here uh, on the show and at ESPN Tucson. Been a wild morning, but we are on the air now, and uh, we are going live for the next two hours as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. You can find it right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and a jam-packed show for you today. As you can always expect on a football Friday here on the Jeff Dean Show, lots of NFL and college football discussion. We will focus, absolutely focus on the Pac-12 games that have, we've got coming up, including absolutely, of course, the game between the Wildcats and the Trojans. That game tomorrow in the Coliseum in Los Angeles at uh, 4 p.m. We will have a, a preview for that. Jed Fish had his press conference yesterday, discussed some things, um, among other things, talked that, that it was uh, Will Plummer's best day of practice that he's had since Jed Fish has been here, uh, had his best day of practice on Wednesday, which is a good thing. He says that uh, Plummer's playing with confidence and that he hopes that he's getting closer to the letter rip stage, as he mentioned in his press conference. So we'll talk about that <clears throat> coming up. Uh, in a little bit. We also will have a weekend preview of the best games in the NFL, including my lock of the week. This week was a tough one. There's some really good games. You know, last week we talked about how bland, I guess, if you will, the the, the slate was both in the NFL and in college. And, you know, there were, there were some pretty good games by the time the dust had settled. There were some pretty good games. But uh, looking into the whole thing, there was a lot of huge, you know, double-digit favorites in both leagues. Um, it was just a, you know, kind of a, a not-so, you know, the lead-up to it. I was looking for games to talk about. I'm like, ah, that game sucks. Ah, that game sucks. That game sucks. Not this week. Holy cow. I'm trying to shave down my Friday five to just five big games in college was difficult enough. And the NFL has a slew of really good games, games with big implications um, on Sunday and, of course, Monday as well. And then, of course, there was the uh, the big game last night in Glendale. The Cardinals suffer their first loss of the season. <sighs> you know, this is, <laughs> this is why they uh, this is why they uh, they erect those huge buildings in Vegas. You know, they they got a lot of people. I'm sure they got a lot of people voting, you know, betting for the Cardinals yesterday because, uh, you know, of all the injuries that were sustained and, and COVID protocols and things like that from the by the Packers, you know, they're they're missing a ton of stars. And, you know, I know this is the NFL and, you know, teams play with uh, with depleted rosters all the time. But if you look at the amount of money that is devoted and spread throughout the, the Packers organization as their, their 53-man roster, where those salaries are divvied up, there's a huge, huge chunk of money sitting on the sideline right now between, like, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander. I mean, all those guys are making a, you know, making a good chunk of change. And, you know, so you have to look at, 
teams obviously are going to spend money on their big players. And when you see that much money just sitting on the sideline or not even traveling with the team, for that matter, in the case of uh, Devontae Adams, you got to think that when you're running out there with guys like, I mean, I don't know, Rasul Douglas, whom they just picked off the waiver wire 22 days ago uh, from the Cardinals, <laughs> you know, and he's, he's going to start. And you're like, oh, man, yeah, Rasul Douglas, the guy was, was released by the Cardinals, and they've had plenty of secondary issues as well on their defense between Byron Murphy being out, uh, Marco Wilson, the rookie, he, you know, he was, he's been in and out. Cardinals have had all kinds of shuffling done and they cut this guy. Like they, they released him. And so the Packers picked him up and he got the start last night <laughs> and you're thinking, Oh boy, are they in trouble? However, I don't believe they counted on the, uh, the Cardinals, maybe possibly future hall of fame wide receiver, AJ green, just having a complete loss of focus on what would be the final play of that game. I, I'm i still trying to wrap my head around it today. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why he didn't continue to run a route or finish a route or whatever the case was in that particular situation. It, I, I, he, he just ran straight into the defender and just stood there. Like, didn't do anything, didn't turn around to look for the ball. Kyler Murray fires the ball into the corner of the end zone because he's being pressured. And <laughs> Rasul Douglas makes a great heads-up play. He's like, oh, here comes the ball. I'm going to reach around and tip it to myself. And that was, that was, you know, that was the deciding factor in the game. That was the, 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 the walk-off interception, if you will. And the Packers win that game 24-21. Both teams are now... Uh, both teams are are now seven and one. Packers are riding a seven game winning streak. They win a game against the Cardinals on the road. Uh, I, I mean, what can you say about last night's performance other than, wow? I mean, I can only I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of people out there that feel the same way that I did about the the, the Packers really not having, and I didn't say much of a chance, but. I just, it's like, what is, what can Aaron Rodgers do by himself? Pardon me. What can Aaron Rodgers do by himself that would beat the Cardinals who are playing, has been playing as a team all year long? Yes, they lost J.J. Watt, uh, you know, earlier this week, of course, to his multiple shoulder injury, apparently, according to the Cardinals. He he was playing with four injuries uh, last Sunday. But it wasn't that big of a loss. You know, they you're able to, to to take up for the man there. I just you, you didn't you just didn't see it coming. I, at least I didn't. And there there was plenty of people. And I, I talked about it on the show yesterday. I'm like, there's a lot of people picking the Packers. I don't understand this. I don't understand what people see. Why are you picking the Packers to win? Do you just think it's because the Cardinals are due for a loss? Is that is that what the situation is? Because that's a horrible way to go about making your picks. But damn, it worked. And. You know, Connor Murray said after the game, he's like, I don't know, maybe it was a miscommunication error, which was the result of the turnover, the final turnover of the game. He says, I couldn't tell you, uh, but he said, we got to get better. And uh, he says, we know we aren't on the same page, and it cost us, but we'll be better because of it. And that, that's the, the final statement that he made there was was absolutely right. We'll be better because of it. Those are the mistakes that you that you learn from that you never, ever do again. Like, you – you you always want to be that 
that person that, and this has been my, you know, essentially my mantra ever since I was young and decided to take up some mantra for myself and something I was going to live by for my entire life. And it's to never make the same mistake twice. You know, you learn from your mistakes. That's a mistake that the Arizona Cardinals are absolutely going to learn from and probably will never, ever happen again, at least while this particular regime is there, whether, you know, the the Kingsbury Kyler regime or, or whatever have you. So, man, that was a that was a rough one for the Cardinals to lose, especially the way that they lost it there. And uh, okay, congrats to the to the Green Bay Packers. But I, I have to say this, man, I, I, Aaron Rodgers. When you wa- when you watch him play, it, it it he just he continues to do things that you're just like I've never seen quarterbacks do that before. I've never seen a quarterback do this before. And in there was a play in the game, and the play may not stand out to a lot of people but this play particular standed out stood out to me from from last night's game and I, I was having dreams about it last night that's how that's how enthralled with this particular play I am there was a a play I believe it was in the the, the early portion of the fourth quarter and Rodgers was driving the team down the field uh, this was on their really long drive to take um, to take the lead He's driving the team down the field, and uh, or not take the lead, but to extend the lead, sorry. He's driving them down the field, and he scrambles around the right side. And as he's running, a defender grabs the backside of his jersey and is pulling him down. And it took several seconds to get Aaron Rodgers on the ground. He's a strong guy, obviously had momentum, tough to bring a guy down by his jersey. As he's you know pulling on the jersey, the you know the back of the jersey, the neck of the jersey is starting to to you know to sink down lower and lower and lower, and Aaron Rodgers is he's got the ball in his right hand, and he's kind of being spun around and tackled by the defender, and he looks at the official and just like holding up his hands like, hey, are you going to call this this horse collar? He felt he was being horse collared because of the way that the, the jersey was being tugged at, probably by the front of his neck. Which it wasn't. It, it wasn't a horse collar. He grabbed him by the bottom of the jersey. It was just being yanked down that far. But it was in that moment that I realized, okay, first of all, this this has never happened to me in any sport ever in my life. They say that the game slows down around you. You know, they, they, they say this for quarterbacks specifically. It's a, it's a very quarterback-type statement. Um, the game slows down around you. And, you know, and you, it allows you to play faster. And it, that's what allows you to be great. When, when a quarterback can have the game slow down for him or a point guard has the game slow down for him, um, a goaltender in hockey has the game slow down for him, that's when, that's when they ascend to greatness, okay, when they have that. Aaron Rodgers being spun around by a defender in, in literally what happened in a sense of about two and a half to three seconds. It was like watching a movie where there's chaos all around. I mean, there's stuff blowing up, there's gunshots being fired, there's explosions, there's people fighting, there's swords flying through the air, there's destruction, uh, you know, there's bookcases being blown to bits and pottery pieces flying through the air. I mean, it's absolute chaos and mayhem in this particular scene of the movie. And you have your protagonist, your central hero, in the middle of this whole melee that's going on of, of, of psycho, you know, just incredible craziness all happening all around him. And all of a sudden, everything slows down. Like, 
there's you know the, the the orchestral music with the with the the soprano singing you know the uh, the operatic piano a soprano singing through that scene and all of a sudden all that chaos <clears throat> pardon me is almost f- suspended in time as the hero continues to work at his normal pace his or her normal pace like they continue to do what they're doing, whether it's, you know, they're, you know, they're firing a gun to take out this guy or if they're doing some kind of martial arts move to take out this guy or whatever have you. You know, they're doing something cool with a knife or they're putting something together in their hands or whatever, they, whatever it is they're doing. They're working at normal speed. Everything else is suspended in this extremely super slow-mo. <clears throat> and you're like, man, that's cool, you know. Imagine if you could do that in real life. That would be awesome. Aaron Rodgers did that in real life last night. Like, who does that? Who has the time, as there's chaos going all around him, who has the time to, like, okay, there's an official right behind me. I need to turn around and say, like, hey, man, um, can I get a horse collar tackle here? And then have the wherewithal to just go ahead and fall down and duck under the linebacker who is now screaming his way to take his head off. It was it was an eye-opening experience for me to watch that play. I watched it over and over again. I was, re- I, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll wait to see what happens live because I want to see him do this again. So I rewound it and watched it again. I'm like, look at him. He's, he's running, and I watched it in full speed. He's running, and you could almost literally see the gears of the, of the clock of the world, of, of, of Earth, of life, of the, the universe. Slow down come to a uh you know almost a just a almost a complete dead stop as everybody on planet earth came suspended in motion except for Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> who was still like hey can I get a horse collar tackle here okay no I'm going to go down now before this linebacker takes my head off and as he ducked everything came back came right back into normal speed the crowd comes alive and Aaron Rodgers gets up and is like, hey, was that a horse collar? And he's like, no, you hit the, bo- the bottom of your jersey. He's like, okay. And he walked back to the huddle like, like that was normal. Like that was an every, every play moment for him. Well, like, you, you, you don't see that kind of stuff. Like you don't, you, you don't get a, a, a glimpse. You don't get an intimate look into those types of situations very often at all. And what we saw last night from Aaron Rodgers – was just, <laughs> I, I know I'm gushing. I really am. I'm gushing. I'll always, I'll always say that he was one of the best quarterbacks I ever saw play. There's no, there's no doubt about that. He's ridiculously talented. And regardless of whether you agree with what goes on between his ears, because I don't, um, you, you, you cannot deny his ability as a quarterback, as a game changer, as a one of a kind, I mean, truly one of a kind football player in this era, there's you know, uh, let alone many other eras. I I just I marvel when I watch him play against all odds last night. Against all odds, they they had nobody, they had nobody available, nobody to catch the football. There were guys, <clears throat> damn, I'm sorry, there were guys dropping passes left and right, guys I've never even heard of before. I'm like, who is that guy? I have literally never heard that guy's name ever spoken ever. Like, like who is Josiah DeGuara? <laughs> like, who is that? 
Who is Jawan Winfrey? Oh, I don't know. He got four balls for 30 yards last night. <clears throat> Dropped a couple. Like, who, who are these guys? Aaron Rodgers don't matter. He's like, I'll just, you know, just keep throwing the football to him. It's all good. Amari Rodgers, the rookie, didn't even catch a uh, – did he catch a pass last night? Maybe he had one catch. But regardless, he had nobody. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, his top two wide receivers essentially, out for COVID. Marquez Valdez-Scanling has been out all year with a hamstring injury. He didn't play. Uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, no Zadarius Smith, no Jair Alexander, uh, no David Bakhtiari, one of the best left tackles in, in the league. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers just took care of business last night, did whatever he needed to do to make sure that the Packers came out ahead. I, I just it, it was it was a remarkable experience to watch that game last night and watch Aaron Rodgers. You know, I tweeted about it about mid game, maybe midway through the third quarter. It just looked like he was he was playgrounding out there. Like, okay, just draw you know, just draw around in the in the, in the sand here. Okay, you go this way, you go this way, uh, you do this. He was calling protections at the line of scrimmage, not just not audibling protections. He was calling out everybody's protections at the line of scrimmage. That's why they had like seven false start penalties, or not false start, uh, delay of game penalties last night. Like, like it was, they were running that clock down to zero, 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 zero every single play. Because Rodgers was just like, okay, we got to do this, and I, I need you over here. He had trouble lining, guys had trouble lining up because they didn't know the offense. It was, it was a bleep show. For the, for the Packers' offense, and if any other quarterback had been on that side for the, for the Packers last night, they'd have lost that game by 30 points. It, I, there's just, I mean, he was just winging it. And it was just good old-fashioned West Coast offense-style football drawn up in the dirt. It was ball control. We're not going to let them have the ball. And they established the run early, which I said yesterday was going to be the key to the game. Whatever team can establish the run in a in a in a league that don't don't care about running the football anymore, in one of the biggest games of the year, it's all about who's going to run the football more, and that was the Packers. Short, uh, deliberate passing, you know, making sure that you get the ball into the hands of a playmaker, get it out of the quarterback's hands, because the Cardinals were coming, they were coming after him. He man, I tell you what, the the roughing the passer call. I don't remember which which Cardinal defender it was. He was trying to hurt Aaron Rodgers. He picked him up and drove him through the turf. Like, that was the right call. He was trying to hurt him. And Rodgers gets up. That was that was on a third down. Rodgers comes trotting out for the next series. That guy had to be like, oh, man. Like the, like the scene in Rocky where Rocky gets up after being knocked down for the fifth time. He can't even see out of his eyes. He's bleeding all over the place. He stands up in the corner, and he does the – you know, he, he does his, 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 you know, his double boxing gloves, like, come on, come on. And Apollo's standing across, and he's just like, he, like, dips his head like, man, I can't kill this guy. Like, this guy won't go away. He won't die. He won't stop. That's the way, that's the, way the Cardinals have been thinking about Aaron Rodgers when he comes trotting out for the next series. Like, okay, let's go. Like, didn't we just kill you, man? Unbelievable performance last night. Absolutely unbelievable. It cannot be understated. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm gushing. It cannot be understated just how incredible his performance was last night. It's once-in-a-lifetime performance. You'll never see anything like it again. It's just – and when I say anything like it again, I mean, I mean that specific. Go back and watch it. If you – if you you know, if you're is, you know, interested in, in seeing how quarterbacks can slow down time as I am, 
Watch that play. It, it's it's like it happened. And it's and we're all like, oh, okay. And we just kind of wake up from the from the the brief pause in the world. And Aaron Rodgers still doing his thing. It was remarkable. What a win last night. What a game. Um, there was a lot of sloppiness to that game. Honestly, it wasn't the the crisp type of performance that you would expect out of two teams that are that uh, that good at what they do. But give credit where credit is due, man. I thought the Packers' defense was absolutely incredible. Without Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, they were lined up. They were sharp. They were crisp. Uh, they knew what they had to do. They got after Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray got hurt at the end of that game. And I think that injury, I don't know. I see Kyler get hurt a lot. Uh, he's a little bit on the frail side, in my opinion. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that ankle, that left ankle that got trapped up underneath him on that second-to-last play of the game or third-to-last play of the game. So we'll keep an eye on that. And we'll, of course, had uh, plenty of updates for you. But uh, the Cardinals now 7-1. and one. And it'll be interesting to see which teams can even up the slate on the record, uh, you know, in the, in the standings this Sunday and uh, and uh, over the weekend. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Of course, we have a great weekend preview of all the big NFL games coming up for you later on in the show. Still, plenty more to come on this Football Friday. Stay tuned. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Still plenty of uh, stuff to get into today. Now, there was a play that occurred in the game last night that may set another, just another, I guess, uh, another piece towards the precedence of eliminating kickoffs from football. There was a a kick in the game last night in the third quarter. Very scary moment. There was a kickoff, and uh, the Cardinals were kicking off to the the Packers. The kick was fielded by kick returner Kylan Hill, uh, rookie running back. I think went to Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So as he's running the kick back, Jonathan Ward, who's a special teams gunner, he's also a backup running back on the team, came just flying in and went to go make the tackle on Kylan Hill. Hit him, hit him in the thighs, uh, essentially, uh, trying to take him out, which he did. But he also took himself out in the process. I mean, he hit his head square on into the thighs of Kylan Hill, knocked himself completely out. I mean, he was out. Before he hit the ground, he was out. Um, and it was a very scary moment for everybody there, for the Cardinals, for the Packers, for everybody watching that game as he got carted off. Um, I did get word. I was texting with some people at, at the game and stuff, and um, it, 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 it was you know a situation where he got knocked out. But anytime a player is out on the field like that, regardless of what they're telling you, you have to take every single precaution because it's, for someone that has – personal experience with a broken neck, I can tell you right now that you can feel fine for about 20, 30 minutes or so after you've even broken your neck if it's just a slight break, if it's not, you know, they haven't snapped it and you have no feeling, uh, you know, anywhere. There's something that occurs, you know, after the 
you know, af- after the, the the adrenaline wears off and the shock wears off from the from the accident or whatever it was, where all of a sudden you realize, oh, um, I'm in extreme pain. Um, I, I I need I need attention on my head and neck area, my back area. So, you know, they take every precaution and rightfully so. I, I just feel like this is just another play that is going to lead to the elimination of kickoffs in the NFL and and maybe even in college football. And and honestly, I would be fine with that. I do not want to see injuries. Yes, I love the kickoff game. I think it's incredibly exciting. But as as someone who is at every Arizona football game, you know, when you have a kicker like 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 Arizona has a kicker like Lucas Haversick, who has got an absolute mule's leg. I mean, he kicks the snot out of that ball. I I, I mean, there's been like one or two times over the last two seasons where the opposing team has even attempted a kick return because he kicked it short or he missed the ball or something, or maybe by intent, they kicked the ball short. He kicks the ball out of the end zone every single time. He hits the back wall of the the stadium, you know, leading up to the seats there every single time. So it's not like it's, you know, it's a play that gets made a lot. Now in the NFL, things are different. You know, kickers, they – there's a, a philosophy that you want the guys to to return the kicks because your kick return teams are so good and so well coached. You know they're professionals that it's it's nearly impossible to get a kick return in the NFL for a touchdown. It, it's just it doesn't happen. <laughs> it does not happen often. You know you get you'll get three times you three times as many punt returns for touchdowns as you do kick returns, and, that, and that's that's understandable. I just think that after watching that play last night, man. If if you're a league who prides themselves on player safety and the longevity of players' health in this league, I, I just you have to take a really really good long thought and discussion this off season into eliminating kickoffs altogether. Now I don't know what the what the compromise will be, how they figure that out. If they just put the ball at the twenty yard line and say go, you know, I mean that that eliminates certain things and. You know, I, I again, it would take a, some a lot of things out of the game for me. A lot of things that I enjoy in the you know in the game, it would it would eliminate those from the uh, you know from the game of football. But I'd rather eliminate some of my fun in watching the game than eliminate players from the playing field. I, I just that's just that's not even a that's not even a discussion there. That's not a, that's not a fair trade in any way, shape, or form. So. If this is the end of uh, of kickoffs, that's that's fine. Um, but again, last night I think you saw a play that that will eventually lead to the elimination of kickoffs in the NFL. So, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. If you want to reach out to me, you can feel feel free to do so at UAZ Voice on Twitter. That's at UAZ Voice on Twitter. Feel free to uh, to uh, let me know what your opinions are. If you think that the NFL should do away, or football for that matter, the NCAA should do away with with kickoffs as well for player safety, or if it's if it's part of the game and uh, you think that, that the players should just be better at their jobs, essentially don't lower your head to tackle somebody like that. So <clears throat> more than welcome to join the discussion that way. NFL Week 8 continues this Sunday. And FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to $10. Now, on Sunday, I'm going to be watching that NFC South matchup between the Buccaneers and the Saints. I'm liking that one. I'm going to build my SGP with the Buccaneers' money line, 
Tom Brady two or more t- uh, passing touchdowns, and I like the over total points in the first half. I think both those teams are going to come out slinging it. So I'm looking forward to uh, a, a, an explosive first half between those two teams. Now, FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sports book for a lot of reasons. There's safe and secure transactions, now including transactions via Venmo, which is even increasing their security. It's easy to use. The app is super easy to pick up for first-timers or long-time bettors. And, of course, you get your winnings in as few as two hours. Trust me, folks, there's nothing like the feeling of nailing one of those same-game parlay bets. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a lot of a lot of different markets that you can uh, that you can bet on, a lot of different props that you can get into on those SGPs. So explore the space, have some fun with it, and if your bet doesn't win, you get 10 bucks back. It's just that simple. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with my promo code DEAN, and you'll also receive 25 to 1 enhanced odds on any touchdown during the Dallas-Minnesota game. That's 25 to 1 odds. You can make a $5 bet and win $125 on any touchdown during the game. But use my promo code DEAN so that you get the right promotion. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site. Credit expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlays available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. When we return, what did Jed Fish say at his press conference yesterday that may give Wildcat fans a little cause for uh, some optimism as we head into Los Angeles tomorrow? That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to this Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Of course, coming up at 8 o'clock, as we always do, I'll have some picks for you. My Friday 5 the biggest games in college football, and there are some big ones this weekend. <laughs> Tomorrow, going to be fun. And the Wildcats travel to uh, to Los Angeles to take on the Trojans. Uh, real quick, before we get into that, I want to give out a, a shout-out to not only the women's basketball team last night for their uh, victory in the exhibition game, whatever have you. You know, game was never close. They won the game by almost 60 points. Um, 84-25 was the final in a victory over Eastern New Mexico. But I want to give a shout-out to the fans. 6,000 people in McHale Center for a women's basketball exhibition game on a Thursday night at 6 o'clock. <laughs> like, put those put those pieces together into one statement, and it's something I didn't think I would ever be saying about anything. I would I would have never put those string of words together in one sentence, ever. Like, if you'd asked me five years ago, let alone 10 or 15 years ago, when they couldn't get 500 people to go and watch a women's basketball game, the only people in the stands were parents and boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a, a, great, a great turnout by the fans last night, and it just shows just how much this community will embrace their teams when, when they have a program that, you know, that gives a damn, really. Um, and look, and I'm not, I'm not calling that any of the programs on campus right now because the, uh, the football team is dealing with a, a, a time in their history, a three-year period in their history, maybe even a four-year period. If you count the last year of the rich Rodriguez era where they didn't give a damn. Um, and we're now seeing the results of that. 
But, you know, this, this obviously, this regime does. They obviously care. And we're seeing it in, in the recruiting trail. We're seeing it in the excitement in the community. And uh, so we hope that that, well, that continues to, to grow for them. But to see 6,000 people at the McHale Center for an exhibition women's basketball game on a Thursday night that started at 6 o'clock, <laughs> just, that's unbelievable. Props to you guys, the fans out there, for supporting the, the, the women's team. And uh, they're, they're poised and ready for a big season. We talked about them quite a bit yesterday. Super excited about, uh, about this team's chances this year. And, look, it's going to be a gauntlet in the Pac-12. It always is. They know that. They're prepared for that. But uh, Adia Barnes has got that team ready to go. And uh, we're excited. You know, I'm, I'm glad you guys are excited as well. So Jed Fish had his press conference yesterday. Just a quick little 15-minute press conference. Just wanted to update everybody on, on the, the overall health of the team. Just give them a quick update before they get on an airplane today. Head over to Los Angeles for their game tomorrow against the Trojans. Now, Jet Fish mentioned that uh, Will Plummer had his best day of practice on Wednesday. Now, since he's been here, obviously, this is going to be Will Plummer's fourth start. And I, I don't want to say that a whole lot of confidence was gained in the game on Friday night against Washington. But the more reps you get, the more experience you get, you know, at the at the helm of the of the quarterback position, you're going to continue to improve. I don't think Will Plummer is a is a you know a, a, an all world beating quarterback, and I don't think anybody would think that, especially at, at this stage of his career. But if he can continue to grow, gain confidence, that's that's the most important thing. And if they can get a win, man, I, I, it, I just what a huge what a huge moment for this program if they can walk out of the Coliseum on Saturday night with a victory. And, again, it's not out of the realm of impossible. I know you look at the spread, it's 21 points, I think, or 22 points in the favor of, of USC. Yeah, I, I, Who knows, man? This is college football. That's what we love about college football. He talked about uh, – you know, trying to stop Drake London. He's like, well, I don't know. They, I'm sure they keyed on him at Notre Dame last week. He still had 15 catches for 188 yards. <laughs> you know, he dominated that football game. They were able to keep him out of the end zone for the most part, um, but he dominated the football game. And, you know, they're going to get – sounds like they may get Jackson Dart back. So if if uh, Keaton Slovis gets into trouble or if he gets knocked out of the game somehow, they'll have uh, Jackson Dart. It sounds like Jackson Dart's going to play or is going to be ready to play, I should say after his injury that he sustained, uh, I think it was the Washington State game, was he, did he sustain that injury? Regardless, um, he was also asked about the, the running back situation. There's, it's, you know, there's, there's four very, very capable players at that position. Uh, Jed Fish called it a four-man shuttle, as they're going to have in the backfield, which is fun to think of because you know, the, these are all dudes that can play for sure. Drake Anderson, of course, the transfer from Northwestern. Michael Wiley, who's been here, been a third-down specialist for the Wildcats for quite some time. And then, of course, you got the freshmen, Jalen John and Stevie Rocker. Uh, they, you know, they, they're going to be getting plenty of playing time based on, uh, based on their performance from the, uh, from the Washington game. So uh, the, the Wildcats are flush with, with talent at the running back position. And he was asked about the fullback position as well. They – uh, you know they obviously have Clay Markoff on the team. He came in as a transfer during the uh, during the off season, and they were asked about 
you know, he was asked about, when, you know, when do you use the fullback? How often do you use the fullback? Do you expect to use the fullback more? And he's charted the plays. He knows how many times he's put the fullback in there, just, just short of 50 snaps this season with a fullback in the game. Some of them coming with two tight ends in a fullback set for, you know, your heavy sets, your goal line packages. And some of them have been two wide receiver with a fullback set. And we've also seen not only Clay Markoff play the fullback position, but we also have seen Stevie Rocker play in that, I don't want to call it a full house, but a multi-back set offense where Stevie Rocker is essentially kind of playing the fullback position, but it's it's a very much of a, of a hybrid playmaker type of situation. Um, we You know, I've talked about it here. I'm like, put Markoff on the field. Let's just beat some teams up for a little bit. You, you know, and, and there, there may be certain drives where you say, okay, this series, we're just going to put these guys in a phone booth and we're going to see if we can go down and, and put a 14-play, 75-yard drive for a touchdown together where we eat up about six and a half, seven minutes a clock, and we're just going to cram it down their throat. You know, we're going we're gonna to run lead. We're going to run power. We're going to run wham, trap, draw, you know, those types of things. We're going to just run between the tackles the entire time. Mix, you know, mix in a counter or something there too, but, you know, get these guys back on their heels. Get them loaded up in the box, and especially against a team like like Washington, which obviously they have plenty of talent on the defensive side of the ball. But when they when they run their their nickel situation out there, their nickel package, you know that's an advantage for for Washington because they are so good in the secondary. And Jed talked about getting those guys off the field. If we can trade a, a nickel corner for a linebacker and get a matchup that we like, then we're going to exploit that. So. Arizona is going to try to dictate the personnel on the defensive side of the ball, but it's 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 look it's a give and take. It's a chess match, right? You've got you've got the the defensive coordinator for the other team trying to put players on his side of the ball that are going to force Arizona to do certain things. It's just it's just the way that the game of football is. It's why it's what makes it the greatest game in the world. Um, there's there's just so many different wrinkles to the game inside the chess match in between plays. That, uh, that that change the outlook and change the outcomes of games. So, um, I, I, look, I expect Arizona to come out looking a lot like they did against Washington this weekend against USC. I, uh, I expect to see a lot of plays for the running backs. I expect to see a lot of Jamari Joyner doing, you know, whatever the wildcat position, if that's, when, if that's what you want to call it. He was very successful running the football out of that uh, out of that package as well, and I think you may be able to see him throw some throw some footballs there. You know, unfortunately, I just I think you know we we had talked about oh the tight ends are going to catch a bunch of balls this year. I, I think <laughs> I think we need to just table that for now. Um, the quarterbacks aren't looking for the tight ends for whatever reason. They're open, but they're not looking for them. They're not finding them. Whatever whatever the case may be. I think we see to you know we, we, if they do get a, a pass off to a you know to a Bryce Wilma or an Alex Lyons or a Stacy Marshall, chalk it up as a good play and like hey we got one to a tight end how about that and move on because I, I just don't think there's going to be much focus anymore we at least we shouldn't be focusing on that because it's not happening I think what Bryce Wilma has six catches this year he's been open a lot so is Alex Lyons he's been open a lot so um, we can just table that. And then also, uh, funny, I don't know who it was that asked the question. It was right off the bat. <laughs> he sat down. He's like, hey, guys, you know, good morning. How are we doing? And they were like, what's your favorite Halloween costume from your childhood? And he didn't skip a beat. He was like, Buddy Ryan. 
He goes, I was, I was, I dressed as as Buddy Ryan for three years in a row when I was a kid. And he, he grew up an Eagles fan, of course. Did Jed Fish from the area, and he, you know, in, in the in the eighties when Jed was growing up, Eagles were they were they were great. They were a, a fearsome football team. That defense was incredible with Clyde Simmons and Reggie White, of course, is one of the greatest football players in the history of of the sport. Uh, Randall Cunningham on the offensive side of the ball. They were they were a fun team to watch. They got after it, man. And uh, Buddy Ryan, of course, the uh, the defensive guru and the the hard-headed uh, head coach of the, the Philadelphia Eagles, very uh, very you know recognizable with his hat and his glasses on. And uh, Jed said he dressed as Buddy Ryan for three years in a row. If you didn't know then that that dude wanted to be a football coach, then you never would have known. Uh, because <laughs> you dress as a football coach, not just, you know, not the best coach in the world or anything like that. He wasn't dressing up as Tom Landry with his, you know, with his, you know, hat on or anything, the most recognizable guy. It was just Buddy Ryan with green jacket and a green hat and a pair of glasses on probably. But uh, he dressed like him for three years in a row. I think that was pretty indicative of what Jed Fish wanted to do when he grew up. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll start talking about the NFL weekend preview of games. I'll have my lock of the week coming up a little bit later in the show. Still a whole lot more to do here on this Football Friday. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Football Friday, man, it is a busy, busy day. There are so many. I was looking through the slate of games again. There are so many good games this weekend. In the Pac-12, there's big games this weekend. Good, I mean, good matchups. I know that that people are looking at the spreads and stuff, and that's a crap game. I think that that Washington State Arizona State game is going to be is going to be better than people predicted. Uh, you know, Arizona State, of course, had the the bye week after getting trounced uh, at Utah in the second half of that game, being outscored twenty eight nothing. You know, Arizona State's got tons of playmakers. Washington State going on the road for the first time without their head coach, Nick Rolovich, after he got fired. There could be some motivation there. I think it might be a better game than people giving it credit for. Uh, Oregon-Colorado is going to be awful. <laughs> that I mean, that game will be pretty much unwatchable, um, unless you're an Oregon fan, obviously. The, 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 the It's funny because the Ducks are actually 0-4 against the spread this year as favorites. So it'll be interesting to see if they can cover that 24-point spread. Um, I heard that Nate Landman isn't going to play for the Buffaloes, which is a huge loss for them. He's their all-everything middle linebacker, as you know from watching the Wildcat game. So if Landman can't go, and I've heard that he that he won't even be making the trip, uh, that makes it even worse for uh, for Colorado, who not only cannot score, cannot move the football, but if they don't have their best player on defense, they're going to be in big, big trouble against Oregon. That's got Blowout City written all over it. Unless Oregon just does their thing and they play down to their level of their competition again uh, and make the thing interesting, you know, 24-13 or something stupid like that, you never know. The Oregon State-Cal game, Oregon State going on the road, going to be playing against Cal. Now, Cal coming off their win, you know, big win against the uh, the Buffs last week. What, what is the Cal team? I don't even know what, what they are. Oregon State, of course, getting their huge win last week at home against Utah, where they hung a 42 on the board against the Utes. 
which they may want to take a picture of because I don't know if that will happen again, especially with the way that they play their offense. But, man, um, I feel like this is definitely trending in Oregon State's favor. But on the road, you just never know with that team, man. It's <laughs> Sometimes Cal is a bad place to play because you just you get lost in the, the silence, essentially, of that, of that stadium. So um, that will be interesting to, uh, to see as well. UCLA-Utah, I think, is probably the marquee game of the weekend for, for most people. That's a, uh, that's a big one there. You know, Utah going to be playing at home, and they've got, a, what, about a touchdown spread, I believe. I think they're fa- six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Oregon State may have provided a blueprint on how to beat Utah. I don't know. I, I think UCLA certainly got the horses to do it. Don't know if they have the defense to do it. Cam Rising may... Uh, they rise up and throw the football against that horrible pass defense. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. I think Utah's got a good chance of winning that game and probably winning it by a touchdown or more. Washington taking on Stanford. They're on the farm. See if Washington can I, – I, that game, I, I don't know. I think I think Stanford's going to win that football game. I think they're going to win it big. I didn't see anything from Washington last week that told me that they're any capable of winning a game on the road. So – some interesting games in the Pac-12, certainly to keep an eye on as we uh, get ready for another week of college football action. We get ready for another hour of the Jeff Dean Show. Stay right here. It's just a two-minute quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson. 